As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Mav Sports Take, episode 83, your weekly podcast bringing you an inside look to the business side of sports. This is some unmuzzled sports talk, and apparently we're drinking whiskey. I'm not drinking whiskey because I'm responsible, but Mr. David Turner is drinking whiskey. It's a whiskey night. We're talking draft. It's on the eve of the NFL draft. We're drinking whiskey. Boards are set. People are ready to go. Let's get it. Let's you got, get it. You got your Celtic shirt on. Yeah. I got yeah. my Celtic pride going. Let's go. Well, well, David, before before I do our little intro, actually, no, let, let me do, let me do the ad read first. You're getting me sidetracked. Okay. First and foremost, thank you, everybody that's watching either on Twitter, YouTube, or on TikTok. Appreciate you so much for taking a little bit of time to join us. Before you exit this podcast tonight, because I'm going to say it later on tonight, but you know the spiel, right? Hit the like button, hit the subscribe, let's get a get a nice little rating and review, all that good stuff. But before we start, would you be a parent of a high school athlete trying to make it to the next level? If you answered yes, then why not secure coaching for them from an expert? Here at Maverick Sports Consulting, we work with high school athletes of all sports to create a strategy for their recruitment plan. With limited scholarships given each and every year, having a point in recruiting plan helps our clients secure their opportunity to play collegiate sports. We focus on your transcripts, film, leaderships, and more to set your goals and create pathways to get to them. Whether you're looking to attend an SEC school or Slippery Rock University, we can support your efforts to get to those goals for 2022. Contact us today at maverickportsconsulting.com. All right, David. So, of course, we're doing our draft show tonight. We are only a couple days away. The draft scheduled for this Thursday. April 28th, beginning at 8 o'clock Eastern time. It is a bizarre draft, and I want to catch a lot of layers. David, I guess before we start here, a guy that's been involved in this process for so many years, and I mean, I, I didn't even start the show the way I'm supposed to, so let's backtrack for a second. You are talking to 18-year scouting vet across the NFL, CFL, including three straight Arena League championships with the Arizona Rattlers. David, okay. you have been in those scouting rooms. You have been a part of this process right now two days before the draft, what would you be doing in the various roles that you were a part of? Well, typically right now you're running scenarios on drafts. I mean, boards are set. You pretty much know wh where you group everybody. Like, here's the thing, which, which we always try to teach our clients right here at Mavericks. You have the horizontal columns in the board, but the, the lateral columns, right? The vertical columns, I'm sorry, the vertical columns in the board and then the horizontal. The vertical columns are set. They're set. 
And now the horizontals have all been discussed. And when I say horizontals, that's rounds one, two, three. So when round one comes, there's like five players, four or five players that are going to be in that grouping, that pairing that we could potentially pick from, right? And so we're sitting there going, well, how do we stack those, you know, quarterback, wide receiver, defensive end, offensive tackle? Like, how do we stack those four players if they're all there together? That fine-tuning is being done, you know, last night, today. All the injury reports are in. The doctor's reports are in. The character stuff's in. You've talked to all the coaches. All the kids have visited. You, uh, you, your coaches have given their notes. Your um, scouts have given their notes. The directors have given their notes. The owner has met with the GM. You know, typically that happens over the weekend to let them know where we're kind of at. So right now you're just fine-tuning really going, man, if these two players, if these three players are there, are we comfortable taking Evan Neal over, you know, Derek Stanley or something like that? And and that comes down to the person. That comes down to the character of the individual whom is there in the room and you want in your locker room. Are they going to embrace your culture at the club and be who you want to be as a player, not only on the field, but in the community around the building and help you win a championship. Those last minute conversations really make and break the draft on who you're going to take and the reasons why you do take them. And I know obviously there's a lot of jacking back and forth most of the time because you're running a lot of scenarios. What if this player is here? What if this group's here? Let me ask you, because you were a part of a team and I'm not going to try to bring up bad memories of Jamarcus Russell. I'm not doing this to you, David. And I'm you not. wonder why I brought the whiskey out. You wonder why I because <laughs> I knew his name was coming up at least once tonight. Well, I'm just I'm curious. Being a part of a scouting department that had the number one overall pick, how far yeah. out did you know that that was the guy? Like, is that a weeks in advance? Is that a day in advance? Are you fighting right up until the draft slot is is happening? Like, when do you know that it's the guy? No, when you have the number one pick overall. You tend to know going into this week, like say Monday, you know, over the weekend, there could have been some discussions and some last minutes, you know, but you pretty much know Monday morning, Sunday night, Monday morning, who it's going to be. And so, you you know, you, you, you throw the smoke screens, you start the negotiation with the top three picks, you start talking to each one of them about being the number one pick, what it would mean to them, all that kind of stuff, how they would answer those questions and how they'd go about going forward. And then you start, you know, getting your contract people to pitch those ideas of what the structure of the contract will have to be for A player, B player, and C player. Um, but you pretty much know which way you're going and you start the conversation um, down the line. So, you know, but you can't tip your hand and you can't call a kid and be like, you're going to be it, kid. Because if you do that in negotiations, you know, back when I when they were true negotiations, not now where it's a slotted deal, but when they were true negotiations, if you played your hand too quick, the agent had you by the short hair. So um, you, you had to, you know, play the game a lot different than you do these days. Like, you know, Trent and them down there at Jacksonville, I, I mean, I don't know what they're playing or what they're doing. Obviously, it, I think it would be easy just to come out and say this is who we're taking and let the let Detroit go on the clock because nobody in this draft is trading up to the number one pick. The value isn't there for the class that's coming out. So in this in this essence, to me, it's just like call your shot and and let's go. 
Yeah. Well, let's start there. Let's start with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Of course, we're doing this, this is kind of our 2022 NFL draft primer, right? We're going to talk about a lot of different layers of this class to try to get you ready for some things to expect. Some things are going to be smoke screens. Some things are going to be rumors. We're going to try to debunk some things that are happening in this class. David, I, I want to start there with Jacksonville. Like you said, Trent Balky and Doug Peterson are on the clock and they will have the first overall selection in 2022. A very odd team because usually the team that's picking first needs a quarterback. They don't need a quarterback. They have Trevor Lawrence, the first overall selection in the 2021 NFL draft. And you just said something interesting. And I've been talking about this a lot on radio spots this week. No, There's not a quarterback in this class that is going to elicit a trade-up scenario, right? Like there's no guy where you're going to mortgage draft uh, like a substantial draft capital to move up and get at number one i, I think we can both agree on that because i you just literally just said it so i'm agreeing with you this is my thing though david this is what i think trent is doing and i want your feedback on it. i want i want to hear it <laughs> i think i think trent bulky sorry we're getting lit up on t- twitter oh great great <laughs> or not what? twitter on tiktok on tiktok got it yeah um i think that trent bulky is leaving as many options on the table because it was Aiden Hutchinson for the longest time, and then he's like, oh, no, no, it might be Trayvon Walker. And then at his press conference, he said, oh, it might be between four people, right? So maybe it's an offensive tackle. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. Who cares? Whatever. The point is, I think that he's leaving a lot of offers on the t- uh, options on the table because I think he's trying to elicit interest in that pick, and he's trying to make teams interested to potentially trade up. It might there's not no usually interest. be. None. There's no interest. Zero, Zero. Like, you don't think anybody's inquiring just in nope. case. Well, well, that's my point, though, is I literally just said, I don't think that anybody is going to be interested, but I think that that's what he is trying to do. That's what I think that he's You can't make a market out of of matchsticks, okay? And again, this draft does not have that number one pick solidified, you'd be dumb not to take them pick. Like, let's look across Jacksonville. There's three or four players projected to be there right now by different analysts and myself. Like, you just don't know. And I think, like we were talking before we came on the air, there are going to be plenty of that types of situations in this draft where there's no guarantee that this draft – I think there's going to be a lot of WTF moments in this draft, you know, because it's not predictable. You don't have a heavy draft in in the sense of knowing who's going to take who and where they're going to place them and everything. It's going to be a very hit-and-miss draft. So for me, I, I remember drafts like this, and it was scary because you only on again as we just talked about, your board only has like three or four players in that first round that you really want at your slot, and they could all go before your slot, and now you're now you're kind of like dis- discombobulated because all your mock drafts and everything you ran, all your scenarios dictating and predicting what other teams would do, you're like, man, they kind of went. Haywire. Remember when Jacksonville used to do that? They'd draft like D3 kids in the first round and stuff. And so they didn't. I'm just joking, but it was the, something the like Seattle, that. Oh, man. The Seattle Seahawks are the team every single year where you're just like, Seattle, what are you doing, brother? Like, well, what, like, like the. Again, there's just there's teams that are going to do it, and I think this year there's going to be a lot, especially with eight teams having multiple picks in the first round, which is NFL history. We've never seen it before. If they all take their picks and each team does, each of those eight teams, that's a fourth of the league having multiple picks in the first round, that's insane. I've never been part of the draft. Like I said, it's NFL history to have that action in the first round. I don't think the first, second, third, or even fourth picks – 
are valuable right now. I think the value starts to hit the draft at pick six through eight because now the first five have done and made their selections and that pick six through eight because there will be a few players still lingering on with very good grades that have starter potential, day one starter potential that will walk in and make an impact. And I think the teams that fall at pick six, like Carolina, Giants, who, again, that'll be their second pick of the day, and Atlanta, all have needs that if they can pick up multiple picks in this draft and move back a little bit, they're going to benefit from it. So I think the sweet spot for me, if you're looking to trade up, because, again, at pick six, the Panthers don't need a quarterback. There's not a pick six quarterback graded in this draft, in my opinion. You know, I think the first quarterback, in my opinion, that I would grade is somewhere around 14. So, again, if you're Carolina and you want a quarterback, you don't have to take him at six if someone else wants to come up and get a tackle or somebody else wants to come up and get a pass rusher or a corner that has fallen to that spot. And like I said, the Giants at seven, they've already picked at five. So now at seven, they can take us a step back and move back a little bit. You know, Atlanta is not one player away. I love their options at eight. When we get there, we'll talk about it. But I love their options at eight to add to their team. But again, they're not one player away. They need multiples. So again, if one of these teams that have like you know Kansas City Chiefs want to come way up and get a, a, a an incredible wide receiver sitting there at eight, you know why wouldn't Atlanta entertain moving back to Kansas City's two picks and picking up multiples in later rounds? Like like we talked about and you just said, I believe it's a it's a depth draft, so you can get a lot of depth in the draft and a team like Atlanta. I think so. That's that's my reasoning to say that a little long winded. I, I hear everybody, but again, I think that sweet spot's right there at six, seven, eight for the first trade of the draft. Yeah, I, I said that actually on a radio spot today, David. I said it's not the year to have a top five pick, <laughs> like word for word. I said that this is a volume draft, and I think that the trades are going to start to happen six on. Like I think yeah. that's kind of the sweet spot. So we're we're on exactly the same page there, and it's an interesting year, like you said, with multiple first round picks. A lot of teams, I think, and the Kansas City Chiefs is a team you mentioned. They have the most draft picks right now. They have 12 overall picks. I think that's a great spot. Like, yes, trading Tyreek Hill in a vacuum, it's like you're trading one of the best receivers in the NFL. But you already have a quarterback that's on a long-term, you know, high-money deal. So I think that getting those draft this draft capital this year, it's pretty smart of Kansas City. Like, did you want to pay Tyreek Hill 30 mil a year when you're already paying Patrick Mahomes 40 plus mil a year? Like that was going to be kind of a tough situation, in my opinion. So getting that much draft capital, I think is really interesting. I want to kind of move. Actually, I want to ask you a question before we move well, on. to On, some on what you players. just said, yeah. two, two seconds. I won't, yes. I won't waste a lot of time. Go for it. But they have picks 29 and 30, right? Yep. In the first round. So if you mm-hmm. traded 29 and 30, to come up to the you know Atlanta's eight plus a second round pick or a third, whatever the math works out to be, right? Mm-hmm. And you come up and you get a Garrett Wilson or a Landon, excuse me, a Landon, uh, a Drake Land London, right? Yep. And add that to Kansas City's offense now. I mean, crap. That that's like you know we've seen what Jefferson and we've seen what. Uh, Chase have done and Garrett Wilson might fall into that kind of category seriously 
So, I mean, you can come up and get a great route running, receiving player like Garrett Wilson, or go get your six foot five wide receiver like they try to do with Josh Gordon, but come up and get Drake Landon, London, sorry, um, at that pick, you know? So, again, they have the capital, like you said, they can come up and get a difference maker if they choose to. And they have 12 picks. So if they have to trade three or four to come up and get one player, they still have seven more picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think they're in a great situation. I, re- I really do. I, I even, David, I've even talked about this. I, so follow me with this on this one for Kansas City mm-hmm. for a second. This is going to be a little weird when I first start this, right? Coming from you, so for yeah, for yeah, sure. sure. I think a lot of people are talking about them drafting a wide receiver in the first round, and I completely get it because you just lost a really good wide receiver. Makes sense, right? I get that. I think they might be going about it a little differently. They're, just, they're definitely going to draft a wide receiver at some point in this draft, but for me, you're not going to dra- like Garrett Wilson in a vacuum, right? In a vacuum, I love Garrett Wilson. In a vacuum, though, Garrett Wilson is not an upgrade over Tyreek Hill, obviously, right? They're it's just different players. Different exactly. Players. Right. So there's not an upgrade, essentially. But what you can do, potentially, if you're Kansas City, is if you get a high if you get a defensive end there in the late first round and you get a corner, let's say, you could potentially upgrade two different positions on your roster that were already not upgraded. So I'm I'm not sure that I agree with the concept of Let's draft a receiver just to replace one, even though we still know it's not going to be an upgrade. It's still going to be a downgrade no matter how I look at it, but I could upgrade a couple different positions and I could trust Pat Mahomes to take the game to the next level and to be the guy that's worth 40 something million dollars. So just a little bit of a different outlook, not a one for one, but maybe they go about it a little differently than just replacing Tyreek Hill. Maybe they use those assets to strengthen a different part of their roster. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but just a little different way of looking at it. Again, I, I honestly think it makes a lot of sense. I honestly I think it makes a lot of sense. If you stay put, go defense, in my opinion. And if you stay put, I say go defense. Like you said, either go corner or safety, some DB, you know, because they lost Tyrone Matthews too, right? So they go DB and you go edge rusher, you go – uh, someone to be disruptive with Chris Jones, you know, up front. And now you've you've put two young defensive players on five-year contracts in, in the hands of your defensive coordinator to go help you solidify and close out games. So I'm all about that. You know I love defense. I, I'm all about it. I think it's a smart decision. I think it's one that could be, we could see for sure. Um, you know, but again, with that kind of draft capital, I haven't seen – Draft picks, and I told you this was it last year or the year before when Minnesota took uh, twelve draft picks. Okay, they entered the draft with thirteen picks, and they ended up taking dra- uh, twelve of them. I've never seen somebody draft twelve players ever in my life. The max I've ever seen in my twenty-year career was ten. Okay, maybe eleven. I couldn't. I couldn't recall an eleven. I went and researched it after that draft, and I didn't even see an eleven. I see ten draft picks. So for someone to come in walking in with the kind of capital of 12 draft picks, I'm like, man, you got to bundle something at some point to come up and get somebody. And while you, like you said, a wide receiver, I think there's going to be values in late round and in or late, late first round, second and third, even into the fourth. I think we're very draft heavy with wide receiver. 
So I think they can do that. Even rush pass rusher, I think they can find a very solid second round draft uh, draft pick in a pass rusher who will be an impact player this year. So Mm -hmm. that being said, you got to entertain the idea of making a big move for one of those keystone players that are in this draft. Now, while Garrett Wilson is not Tyree Kill, Garrett Wilson is an elite player that I will put up there when I watch his game and his tape with a chase, with a chase and with a and with a, a Jefferson that we have seen recently tearing up this league he he is an incredible route runner he's got great bend and body control he elevates and um, eludes tacklers after after catching the ball and he elevates over them in the red zone to make incredible catches he's got a, a very very friendly catch radius and we know Pat Mahomes is not always the most precise so this is a kid that if they could put package two, three, or four picks to come up and get and still wind up with like seven or eight picks to in this draft, I mean, you're getting one of the key players to add to your offense and still have ability to add depth throughout the rest of the draft. You don't have to sell me on, on Garrett Wilson. You know I'm a big fan. He's my wide receiver one in this class, top ten player in this draft in my opinion. So – I'm there, man. You don't have to sell me on Garrett Wilson. And Garrett Wilson with Pat Mahomes sounds fantastic. So I agree with you there. Let me ask you this question before we kind of dissect some picks here. This is my lowest total of first-round draft picks I've ever had in a cycle this year. What is the lowest a team that you've been on has had as far as true first-round picks graded in a, in a, in a cycle? Oh, I knew that was going to be a good I one, I wish you would have gave me a heads up on this question. I know. Because I could have done some research on it and had a perfect answer. But off the top of my head, off the top of my head. Yeah. I think the lowest I've ever had myself, myself, okay. is been 11. 11, okay. 11 first-round draft choices. It was a light draft year. It wasn't heavy in quarterbacks. It wasn't heavy in like offensive linemen. So it was kind of like, ooh, it's not. And a lot of guys I had second round and even third round went in the first round. Okay. And some of them I was wrong on. I had them graded too low. Some of them I nailed and they shouldn't have had first round picks. It's just the way it goes when you have those kind of years. Like you have 32 picks. And there just weren't 32 players graded in the first round, which is, you know, often. But typically you have between, say, 11 and 19 graded in the first round. And I think 19 is even heavy, you know, for most players and most teams. So I think I ended up – I was going to look it up. I I think I only had 14 this cycle or something, 14 or 15. It it was a low one. And I, I graded like 350 players, so like that's you know it's not. Yeah, it's just year, not man. a year for. It's just not a year where, you, like you said, and you nailed it perfectly with what you said. It's a year for depth and and volume, and val- volume, and mm-hmm. get some of these young talented players to come in and earn their spots because I think there are some gems that are going to come out of the the third and fourth and fifth round this year. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, on that on that respect, David, like lowest first round number I've ever had, but also a record in day two grades that I've ever given out. Like there's a lot of value. There's going to be guys in the fourth, fifth round this year that I have day two grades on like easily, like easily. There's a lot of dudes in this class. So that's just the type of year it is. I mean, I've been telling people on the radio all week, man. It's like, 
you're going to get value all the way through the draft. And this is the layer, too, that I think is interesting. David, if there's a lot of draftable players that might hit UDFA territory now, like a, maybe more than usual, that might be tough for some of the veterans and some of the like the mid-level, mid-tier veterans that are on rosters right now because if you're getting a player in a UDFA territory that's not making a ton of money, making a league minimum, let's say, and you can get them and they're at like a similar profile to like a mid-tier guy or a lower-tier veteran, that's where jobs are lost, right? Like I think that this not year till that training guys have camp. Jobs not till training. Those, those jobs aren't lost till training camp. Oh, sure. No, no. I'm not, I'm not saying like instantaneously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying down the road, it, making the final yeah. 53. Like that's yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. that's a, that is a factor. But also that 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 guy, that veteran you just described, while they might have a million dollar salary or one five salary. They don't typically have guaranteed money sitting on the table, right? So you could carry that veteran who, again, maybe at the start of the of the you know season he got you know two hundred fifty thousand guaranteed, right? And you play four or five games, and then you have the uh, the young rookie that you still like, and you might even like better than him, but you you play him on the the practice roster and let and then after games five or six elevate him and then cut the kid, uh, you know, the veteran and put him on the street. Um, Tell him to stay in shape. You'll call him back if something happens, right? But even now, but but those are what we did. That's what we did. And everybody knows the game. By the time you're a veteran, you know the game. You know how we play. Mm-hmm. But you know, Belichick does it all the time. Go sit in the freaking hotel for two weeks and work out, and then I'll call you back and we'll put you back on the roster. Right? We'll, we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. But the other part of it really is too is with this new practice roster, are they going to trip? Are they going to trim it down to ten again? Or do the owners really like the way the practice roster is with some veterans on it that they can draw up? I mean, COVID's starting to calm down a little bit. So yeah. those rules, we don't know how those rules are going to be until – and we'll find out closer to camp. So That's fair. Yeah, I mean, obviously some things to be determined on that end. Well, David, we talked about the first overall pick a little bit already. It's, gonna, it's an imperfect year, man. Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock here. So let, let's talk – possibilities there's players that have been thrown out there the most the most prevalent now are Aiden Hutchinson defensive end out of Michigan Trayvon Walker defensive end out of Georgia I haven't talked to you at all about either one of those players so I would just love to kick it to you do you like either would you draft either with number one I mean obviously trading out is the best case scenario right if you possibly could make that happen but if you were stuck at one and I say stuck and that just sounds so weird saying the first overall pick is stuck but if you're stuck at number one who are you taking if you're Trent Baalke in this year's draft? You know, as you know, because we taught the class together, I'm a very big scheme fit guy, right? Like, I'm drafting the player that's going to come in and make an impact with my coaching staff in the rights because we have it. He fits our scheme. He fits what we're trying to do. He's our culture guy. He's a guy who we're going to, you know, be able to poster child him and make money not only based off whether his play on the field is, but how he is off the field. And with my research and things I've done, and when I look, even though I love I love about three of these players that are being rumored to be up there, okay, but I think Walker, it's between Walker and Hutchinson, okay, and to me it might be a situation where they're talking to both agents and saying, who do I get the deal done with best, easiest, who can I who can I draft on Thursday night and sign his contract on Friday? So there's right. no question about him being on here. There's no holdout. There's no paragraph five stuff. Who's signing the contract and let's go, right? 
Uh-huh. Me, if that if if both of them were like, I'm in, I'm here, let's do it. I, all I'm things all equal. Right. All things equals. I think who fits the Jacksonville Jaguars system based on their coaching staff that they now have in place is Aiden Hutchinson. I think okay. Aiden fits their system the best. I like Walker. I think Walker fits the old school San Francisco style better, what they used to run in San Francisco, but that's not what they're running down in Jacksonville. So I think I think Trent and Tommy will like Walker a lot. I think they're also entertaining Neil because Neil as a left tackle in the NFL, I think he would be a very good left tackle for a lot of years to come. Mm-hmm. But to get a pass rusher like Hutchinson in the building that fits your scheme, that's a talented player that I think the Jacksonville crowd will really rally around and enjoy having him on their sidelines, can bring you a lot of money, can bring you good first-day hype coming out of the draft. I think that's the pick. Yeah, it's just so tough for me, man. I mean, one, he's from Michigan, right? So, like, I can't root for him to begin with. I mean, that's, like, the first and foremost thing. I'm just kidding, I'm not obviously. rooting for the guy. I'm just, I'm just saying kidding. I'm it. just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But do you agree with this, David? I think in a typical year, a typical year where there's, you know, a, a better better quality at the top, Aiden Hutchinson's probably a 10-20 to 20 type of player, like a mid-first. Like, that's what I see him as. I would say I would say similar, but I would say seven to twelve. I'd say seven to twelve. That's fair. That's fair. He's, I, he's I, still a good player. He's a good. Player. No, no, he's a good player. He's a good player. I struggle to project him as a volume sack guy. Like I think he's going to be a good defensive end. I think he's going to have between six to well, nine sacks a year, which is going like to fine. AFC South. He's going to AFC South. So well, you get to play Houston a couple times a year. You're good. Good. Yeah, yeah, you get you get five <laughs> sacks in those two games, and then you're good to go, right? Yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're yeah. good. Well, yeah, it's. I, I don't guess know. That was tough, a jab man. at Houston. I don't care. <laughs> I know you don't care. He reminds me of. Do you remember Brady Smith that used to play defensive end for Atlanta? He was on the other side of Patrick Kearney. Yeah, I don't see the similarity there, though. I think they're just like both. Like they kind of have the similar frame, and I, Brady Smith was like a really solid player that is like six to nine sacks a year. Like he was just a good player. He wasn't Aiden, a great player though. Let's be le- Aiden's a legit six, six. He's a legit six, you know, two sixty, two sixty five type guy. Right. You know, he's a, he's, he's long. He's got, he's not that long. He's not that long. He's got sub 33 inch arms, but go ahead. Yeah. He's not that long. Well, I'm saying like, he's tall. Oh, he's tall. Got, yeah. He's, he's angular. Yeah. He's, yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is a kid that can really develop into his own. That's why I said, like, the Walker kid at 6'5 is longer armed. He fits more of what the old 30, nine is. 35 and a half inch arms, man. That's what He's I'm saying. He's a wingspan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's a he condor. Fits, <laughs> he fits, trust me, he fits with Trent and Tommy Love. I worked with them. I know he is what they love. I could see them going, oh, I just think Aiden fits the system the defense is playing. Mm-hmm. That's all. I love Walker. If I was a GM, the defense that I would be running, honestly, and be employing the defensive coordinator, Walker would be our ideal pick because that would be the guy for us, okay? Like, it would be over. I would have announced it two weeks ago. Walker's our guy. Here we go. Yeah. Like, because <laughs> I love him. I think he's an incredible player. I think, And I like him as a person. Like, I've heard his interviews. Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard about him. I think Walker's a good person. So, Again, I like Walker. I think he's going to be an impact player. Just, yeah. Just the scheme fit and the culture fit, I think Hutchinson would be a better fit. 
crazy one of the craziest testers ever, man. Trevon Walker, four five one at six five, two seventy two, thirty five and a half inch arms, forty inch vert, and he had a sub seven three cone. I mean, we were talking about the athletic testing. I mean, they, that's where he went from mid first round selection to <laughs> like he could be the high, that high type player. I mean, I, I was looking at, at comps, David. Like, you're going to come up with guys like I mean, Miles Garrett's somewhat similar from a testing perspective, but like. Julius Peppers is another guy that like comes to mind as far as like that testing. Yeah, I'm not, absolutely. I'm not saying he's that type of player. I'm not saying that, but I'm just no, saying but like again, testing going wise. In, going into testing, right? Going into testing, we all thought um, our boy from Oregon, the defensive uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. I, I still yeah. think Kayvon Thibodeau is the best defensive end in this draft, but it's not going to well, happen. Again, obviously, I think we all thought that was the guy. Like we mm-hmm. all did, right? We thought he was number one pick overall. Hands down, here we go. And guys like Walker and Hutchinson tested extremely well. And then the tackles came into play. You know, then people like Stingley and, and um, Gardner play came into play and Garrett Wilson. And now we've pushed Thibodeau back down to almost in the 7 to you know 12 range. Which is crazy, by the way. Which, which is, crazy. is crazy. Like, yeah. whoever gets him back there, I can't say it on air. But, I mean, it's going to happen. There's going to be a towel and lotion moment. So it's it's going to be crazy because he's an incredible, talented player where the value where he's going to get picked is going to be insane. Have you have you stayed up to date with the whole Kayvon Thibodeau like character stuff? Have you stayed up to date with that, or do you want me to run through a couple of the things? Run through it for the fans because it's not about me. It's about what the, it's what the listeners need to hear. You know. Yeah, I just texted you something pretty funny. By the way, you need to go take a look at it. But uh, I'm on right. Twitter or TikTok on my phone. I can't do that. But okay, forget it then. Forget look it. Up. I don't know what's I don't know look what's up. more important, my text or TikTok. I don't know what's more pretty important. Pretty much TikTok. Too. Yeah, good. All right, so basically the whole thing is here, here David. <laughs> He's kind of getting the treatment where he speaks very openly about the fact that he has interests outside of football. And I think a lot of people question just how much he loves the game. And now that has made people to a degree question if he plays hard, which I never got on film. I never saw those concerns personally, but it, I, I feel like he is the victim of overanalyzation this year, honestly, from the media perspective and maybe from a team perspective, it might be a little bit like, I feel like it's kind of like Miles Garrett when he came out of Texas A&M was the same thing. People were like, oh, man, he he talks about other stuff outside of football. Does he really love football? I feel like that's happening with, with Kayvon Thibodeau right now. I feel like there's a lot of overanalyzing for a kid that is exceptionally talented. With these kind of kids, you have to understand how much they love ball because you're talking about the value at such a high pick. And you cannot run the risk of someone like this taking first round money and quitting after years two or three. They really have to be willing to play 10 years. Okay. I don't think Thibodeau's a risk. Honestly, I don't think Thibodeau's a risk. I think Thibodeau will play as long as his body sustains where he's at. I think the injuries, I think the, the injuries that he sustained this year were a little bit like, Ooh, didn't see that coming. He's such a, you know, he's six, five, two forty, two fifty type player but he moves like a quick cat. I mean, he's ridiculous with what he does from a standing position. Like if you're looking for uh, a, a next Von Miller, maybe. I, right? I got a comp. I got a comp. Do you want a comp? I, I like comp Von Miller, like. but go ahead. He reminds me a lot of Leonard Little that used to play with the Rams. See, I, I see think that. he's better than Leonard Little. 
Oh man, Leonard Little had a couple seasons where he was like 13, 14 sacks, man. Like Leonard But Little I think Thibodeau honestly player. he can be a sustainable 248 at 65 long arms and moves with incredible foot in the ground quickness. Once he puts that foot in the ground, he can change direction on a dime. So for me, I think he he is an elite pass rusher that's getting pushed down because people are questioning his character. Now that's fine. Again, Giants, Seattle, whoever wind up with him, you know, back here, you know, Jets or Washington. Can you imagine Thibodeau and Chase on the same defense? And Montez Sweat and Jonathan Allen, and it's a crazy defensive line, man. It's crazy. That's, what, that's line. what I'm saying. Or you know, yeah. you can put him at Baltimore, right? If he falls to 14 for some oh, crazy man. reason, if he falls to 14, I'm, I'm quitting this podcast. That should never happen. There's no right. reason that guy should ever be there. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like you know. Yeah. So again, like uh, you got to pronounce the Giants guy's name who got they got last year. Aziz Ojolari. Uh, yeah, that guy. Aziz Ojolari. Yeah, that guy. And if you put him on one side and Thibodeau on the other side, like, are you kidding me? Like, imagine if I know we're jumping ahead a couple picks here, but I get all. Now you're fine. You're fine. We're we're not. We're not going to get to all the picks anyway. So jump where you want. Okay. So imagine this: if the Giants got Neil at five. Okay, they got their left tackle at five, or they got another tackle at five, which again I don't think they really need because I love the left tackle they have. Okay. But I'm just saying, fixing this offensive line is a priority. Well, so well just, Neil Neil also did start at right tackle during Alabama career, so maybe you put him over on the right side too, yeah. Mm-hmm. But five's a lot of uh, really high to pick a right tackle, but again, we need him, so let's take him. Let's take Neil, get him in the building, let the kids figure it out once they're in the building, right? So you put Neil in the building at five, and then at seven you take freaking uh, Thibodeau. And now you got your – Two bookend tackles. You got two bookend pass rushers. I mean, what else do you need? Like, just cancel the draft. You're done. You're it's done. crazy. It's crazy, man. Because I mean, it's it's honestly a little realistic that that could happen too. And I, I would argue if that did happen, that the Giants got two of the top four players in the draft at picks five and seven. Like that's, that's what, what I would argue. Yeah, and it's possible. It is like, possible. It's absolutely possible. Those two picks are wearing big blue come Thursday night within the first two hours of the draft. No, it, it really is. It's it's very it's very likely on well, not likely. It's it's possible though. I think there's a decent amount that it, it could happen. So yeah, we're gonna get to a few more picks before we do have you secured any sponsorships with your name, image, and likeness yet. No, well what's keeping you from earning money or gaining products today? probably access the companies. Maverick Sports Consulting can connect those dots for you. We believe in the power of athletes making a living off of their own likeness while going to college. If it's simply that you don't have access to companies, don't let that keep you from being successful. Contact us at Maverick Sports Consulting so we can help you navigate your path to gaining corporate sponsorships for your collegiate career. An athlete's earning potential is limited, so why wait until tomorrow to start earning today? It doesn't matter what sport you play. We help all our clients achieve their goals. Just contact us at Maverick Sports Consulting. TikTok, the clock is ticking. David, the weird one. This is a weird one. Ready? I think Detroit Lions with number two, they would love if Aiden Hutchinson would fall in their lap. He's a Michigan guy. They need defensive end help. They need pass rush help. It makes a lot of sense. And he's, a, he, I think he's a culture kid too, right? Like he kind of fits what what Dan Campbell I think wants. I'll say this, but yeah, if I'm Dan Campbell. I'm hoping uh-huh. Walker falls in my lap. Think so? You really? I think am. So? 
Why? Because I mean, he'll bite a kneecap off? Is that why? No, because Walker has got 35-inch arms. <sighs> and he played at Georgia. You know how I feel about Georgia kids. I've said it forever. I love the dogs. I love the way they play football. He's coming off a defense that, to me, was an NFL defense. The way they ran that defense, the talent he had on that defense, the people he knew how to run on it. Walker is a plug-and-play type guy. And if you're Detroit and you get Walker to, to come to you, like, again, I think they're happy either way. Either way. Don't get me wrong. I think Hutchinson or Walker coming to them, either way. I saw one dumbass draft that had them taking a, a corner out of Cincinnati, Sauce. I'm like, I'm sorry. Sauce is not worth the second pick. I like him. Don't get me wrong. But he's not second pick worthy when you have Walker, um, you have Hutchinson, and you have – and you got guys like Neil, and you got you know um, Thaddeus. I mean, you got all these players that are worth the the, the second overall pick. And when you got a, a pass rusher like Walker, if he falls to you, and I say fall to you at two, right? If you get a chance to take Walker and you don't take him off the board, and you take a corner over him, I am really questioning your ability to understand the game of football. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I just. I brought them up because I'm not really sure. Here, actually, I'm going to show you something real quick. You ready for this? Yeah. Can you see that? Yeah. Jesse Jesse put that on Twitter. So. Oh, he's go. so sweet. I love I Jesse. Know, I know. Jesse's an awesome guy. Awesome guy, Jesse. Thank you so much for that. Appreciate you, man. Um, <laughs> apparently, he's watching. So, shout out to you, Jesse, for watching at least, I guess. Yeah, cool. I, don't even think, I don't even think it's called Twitter anymore. I think it's called Musk. Musk. <laughs> if it's called Musk, then I'm getting off of there. I don't no, care. No, you're not. You're gonna stay on Musk. I don't you're, care. It's Musk no. for men, baby. No, I'm not. I'm not staying on Musk. I'm not doing it. I, you heard it here live. I'm not staying on Musk if it's called Musk. But David, I was. I said that to say TikTok is just saying very inappropriate things to us right now. Just so you why? Know. Why? What no, you? it's just there's. They're just being inappropriate. Interesting. Because you're drinking whiskey. What kind of whiskey are you drinking, by the way? Oh, it's only one one whiskey allowed in my house. There's What's one only. It's Jameson. Jameson? Respect. Stout. Respect. Respect. I'm Catholic, yeah. and I only drink Irish whiskey. That's it. I respect, Irish. man. That first thing I first thing I ever got drunk off was Irish whiskey out of my uh, parents' bar. So no, it's I'm not there. apple juice. TikTok. It's apple juice. <laughs> That's funny. I, you know, my go-to, uh, David, is something that I'm a little embarrassed about. But every time I go out to the bar now, I'm old Probably now. So now I, I get a whiskey sour with Jameson. Don't dirty the Jameson with the sour. <laughs> Sour's good, it. man. I, I like sour. I like sour beers, just, too. I, I like keep, sours. Keep, your, keep the Jameson out of that. Why? Jameson's you, good. I like Jameson. It's great, but you don't yeah. have to sour it with that. That's disgusting. It's not you disgusting. Drink, it tastes good. Drink it like this. Except like for Harper, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I can, I can just drift. I can just eat, drink a, a whiskey, like a regular whiskey, but like sour but mixes. Hair good. on your I like chest. It. I have hair on my chest. I have enough. It's fine. Not that much, obviously. No. Okay. I mean, yeah. Anyway, uh, number two to Detroit, which is what I was trying to intro here. Well, I think okay. Like, oh. So I said Hutchinson yeah. at one and Walker at two. What's your sure. two, one and two? I mean, if I was actually picking for it, I probably would have taken Kayvon Thibodeau at one. Honestly. Wait, no, I may have taken Evan Neal at one because I'm a big fan of not 
thinking Cam Robinson is good at left tackle, so I may have taken Evan Neal. I'm, I'm of that. I'm of that mindset too. Yeah. All right. No, so no. if if that's my reality, then Evan Neal at one, and then I'm taking Kayvon Thibodeau at two. So, wow. Okay. I yeah. like it. I like yeah. it. Let's yeah. go. All right. Let's go then. Let, let's just do this then. Ready? We're just going to do a little bit of mock draft, I guess. Let's do it. Houston Texans. This is a weird one, man. Weird one. I have no idea what the Texans are going to do. I have zero Nobody knows. Idea. They don't even know what they're doing. <laughs> well, I, I I could argue that the Jacksonville Jaguars don't know what they're doing either. <laughs> but yeah, sure. Well, that's a fair argument going. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to say something, and you're going to be like, "You're an idiot." It's fine. Do it. True. I would draft Kyle Hamilton third overall to the Houston Texans. Who? Safety out of Notre Dame. Who? Who? You you never seen Kyle Hamilton at play? Three? You're yeah. making me sound like an owl at three? Who? Who? Like, All right, here, here. Oh, Stop shit. for a second. Stop for a second. Stop for a second. All right. Mm-hmm. Forget pis- positional value for a second, because I know you're gonna be like, "Oh, positional value matters." I get it. It does. I'm not saying it doesn't. All right, ready? In a vacuum, who is a better football player, Kyle Hamilton or? Aiden Hutchins. Bro, hold yeah. up. Yeah. Let, yeah. Hold up. Yeah. Hold up. I'm listening. Hold up. In your mock draft that you just did, mm-hmm. you got Neil off the yep. board. Yep. You got Thibodeau yeah. off the board. Yep. Yep. And the Houston Texans, who have zero pass rush. They have zero anything. But they ahead. have since Watson, since Watson's out of the door, mm-hmm. they got zero. And you still have Walker sitting there, and you yep. pass on Walker for a safety. This ain't yep. this ain't, dude. This ain't Taylor. Yep. You ain't talking about Sean Taylor here. This this player ain't the difference maker. This ain't gonna be the rainmaker here. How do you leave a pass rusher? Or, I believe, or another or, tackle on the board. Because I think I think Kyle Hamilton for a safety. Because I think Kyle Hamilton's better, the best player on the board. That's just flat out what I believe. I know you disagree. I actually, you know what, David? If you I, said, I have said that this. in my draft room, I would tie you to a chair and put. I've said tape this. On your I have said this, and I've been very consistent about this. I would literally this. put duct tape on your mouth. I've been very consistent about this. Regardless of positional value, for a second, Kyle Hamilton is the only player in this draft that represents anything of a rare prospect. TikTok's just being ridiculous. Oh. But you- she, I'm, I'm not saying he's not a, an, a, the number one safety probably on the board. Okay, I, I give probably it. it's not probably. Even, it's not probably. I don't know. I don't Who's know. better? Who's better? We're Who's not getting me? down that rabbit hole because we're only 45 minutes into the show. We haven't got. We're to not going to get through the first round. <laughs> Just talk to me. <laughs> we haven't even got to pick five. <laughs> it's because you keep talking. But here's the thing. Yeah, you're wrong. Which it's is right. usual. Which it's is right. usual. It's We're right. used to. I do pretty well. I, I do We're pretty on well in this 83 space. people for do, 83 I, episodes. You guys know he's wrong. I do pretty well in this space. I do pretty well. Go ahead. You do well, but you do well because you're wrong all the time. But that being said, doesn't that doesn't make any sense? Go ahead. Absolutely, it does. So, oh, what what needs to happen here is a dose yeah. of reality. You do not ever ever take a safety in the top five. Ever, I take now, the best. I, I take I take the best Houston, player no, no, no. in the top five. I would five. respect you if you said Houston trades back 
with Atlanta so they can come up and get somebody. Okay, cool. Got it. And then at eight, they take the safety. Okay, whatever. You already said, even, you already said that no one's going to trade up to probably three. You I already know, said because this. there's nothing yeah. that value. But right. what I'm saying, dude, there's no way a safety is the fir- first defensive back off the board in this year's draft. A. B. There's no way at three Kyle Hamilton is going off the board. Okay. I've seen some pretty I've seen some pretty it's, smart people that are tapped in had this pick before. This is not the first time this has ever been put into a mock. Especially draft. with Walker in your draft with Walker sitting there at three, they David. would be David. Absolutely stupid not to take Walker. David, I, I know we're talking about Houston. I put, no, 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 no. We're going back for a second because I put this into the, the universe when we talked about Walker to begin with. In any given year, Walker is a mid-first round player. I just think he is. I think his tape is second round. I think his traits are top ten. Cool. Let's meet halfway there. Let's meet halfway. He's not a top ten pick in every other year. He's not. I don't think Aiden Hutchinson is either. We're not in any other draft. We're in this draft. Yeah, but I would I would say that in most years, Kyle Hamilton is a potential top ten pick. I would, I would. Just ten me. isn't f- top five. Yeah, but I just said those two aren't even top ten. <laughs> Ten's not even top five. Yeah, but so. I just said neither one of those guys are top ten picks. In most Again, years, I just said it. I'm going yeah. off your mock draft. I yeah. think you're wrong. Fine, it's me. I mean, me, fine. I got Walker and Hutchinson off the board, right? Yep. <clears throat> Walker and Hutchinson off the board. Wow. Lovey has come out and said he feels comfortable where he's at at the quarterback position. I cannot believe they are comfortable where they are or where they're at in several other positions. Sure. You know, obviously, pass rush is one of those positions, I think, and running backs one of those positions, receivers another position. And all they got is cook there. So – if you're sitting at three, and and in my opinion, humble opinion, you can fix offensive line at that point. <laughs> humble, go ahead. Sorry, defensive pass rush, corner at yep. that point. You know, I personally, when I look at that, still the best value would be Thibodeau, right? Uh-huh. Sure, it would be Thibodeau. Sure. Like if you're sitting there and you're Houston, you're staring Thibodeau in the face. I would really be like, dude, I can't fault you. This guy's incredible. You're in the AFC South, which again, uh, a good pass rush. We saw how it d- just crippled Tennessee last year, right? Jacksonville doesn't have a great offensive line. It can cripple them, and then you have to beat the Colts, who have a decent offensive line. So for me, looking at it. I would probably pick my third pass rusher off the board and make Thibodeau the third pick overall. If, if Kayvon Thibodeau is the third overall pick, I would not say a single word. I just picked him at number, what, two? Didn't I just have him in my mock? Yeah, so, yeah cool. cool. I'm there. Number four, Jets or have a have two selections in the top ten. We have not talked about them at all. They mm-hmm. picked number four. They picked number ten. This one, David, in my mock – uh, I would like to give him a pass rusher, so I'll give him Aiden Hutchinson in my scenario. I'll give him. They haven't had a. They have he not had a dynamic system. How doesn't he? Why? Why? Well, because well, he's not like a Smith. He's not like uh, 
He's not a guy Nick, that Nick, Nick Bosa plays in that system, and they're like stylistically kind of similar. Is no. how they win? Bosa's way more bendable than Hutchins. Nah, Bosa's not very bendy. He's he's a he reduces angles with it with his with his alignment. He he's not a he's not a bendy dude. I would bendy. not see that fit. But go ahead and make another mistake. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, I like to fit a ton more than trying to put tra- tra- uh, Trayvon Walker into a four eye or five tech all the time in that system. Like, I just would not want to do that. So, I wouldn't want to do that either. I think that would be yeah. a waste. Yeah, right. that would be a waste. Right. So, I'm going to go with Aiden Hutchinson. I'm not the biggest Aiden Hutchinson guy of all time, but they desperately need pass rusher. Like I was trying to like illustrate a second ago, they haven't had a guy. I, David, here's a trivia question. You ready for a trivia question? So the last player on for the New York Jets to have double-digit sacks in season was Muhammad Wilkerson, interior defensive lineman. Who was yeah. the last edge rusher to have double-digit sacks for the Jets? Yeah, it's a good one, right? Yeah. A good player, too. Good player. A good pass rusher. I'm pretty sure he has like 120 career sacks, 130 career sacks. Like He's a good player, man. Underrated player, too. On the Jets? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Play for the Jets. Play for another team as well. Yep. <laughs> You're so clever. Play for another team. You he did. He did play for another team. <laughs> no, he didn't say the second team because you know. He played for the Atlanta if I heard Falcons. Two teams. I would get it. He played for the Atlanta Falcons as well. Bird. Who? No, it wasn't Bird. I don't know who Bird is. So no. Oh, okay. Um. Oh, I mean, maybe if you told me the first name of Bird, I might know him. But I mean, the only Bird—if you just say Bird, I just think Larry Bird. So I don't nah, know it's not Larry know, Bird. You know him if you know him. Um, I don't know. I I can't Tuggle. No. 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 Just I Tuggle was it? No. Yeah. John Abraham. John Abraham. We had John in Oakland at the end of his career. John was a great player. He was a really great good player. player. I mean, he's like 130 career sacks, man. Very good player, no doubt about Underrated. it. Underrated. You're so right. He was last, underrated. Really great player. Last edge rusher for the Jets to have double-digit sacks in a season. True edge, not Muhammad Wilkerson, was John Abraham. So yeah. I'll give him an edge. I'll give him an edge. Um, thinking similarly here, I know, well, in your scenario, didn't edge just go top three spots? Top back three. To back to back, top yeah. Three. Uh-huh. So what yeah. would you do? Offensive tackle, I guess, right? Has to be. Maybe, well, uh, maybe not. I don't know. Tough one. No, I mean – you got a defensive-minded head coach. Kyle Hamilton. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. My bad. No. But you have a defensive-minded head coach. You got a, a young quarterback. But I think they have, for the value up here at four, there's not an offensive lineman that can beat out the left tackle they have. Okay? In my opinion, they got a good left tackle. I'm not going to pick a right tackle up this high. That's just me. That's how I think. Okay? The only exception is if some other stuff happens and when there's other players here. But I think they need a shutdown corner. I think they're in the AFC East. They need somebody that can really pick off Tua, that can pick off uh, Jones, that can make it happen for them and get a lot of balls going back the other way. And the guy I like the most up here at this at this side, you know, here at this – this position is Stingley out of LSU. I like Stingley. Even with the injuries, huh? You're not worried about it? I'm worried about the injuries. I am, but I mm-hmm. like LSU corners. I think they play with Moxie. They mm-hmm. gamble. They go for it. And, again, in the system at the Jets, I don't think they're going to ask the corners to tackle all that much. He likes to have the safeties come up, fill quick, 
play there. So even your Kyle Hamilton there doesn't – I don't hate it as much because yeah. the system fit is there. And, again, I always talk about system fit. Mm-hmm. But I think Stingley to be a corner in this system is something they really need to make it happen. And if the first three picks are defensive end, like I predicted, mm-hmm. and that they all go D-run, edge rusher, edge rusher, edge rusher, yeah. the first – to me, the corner makes the most sense here at the Jets. That's fair. That's fair. I, I, I mean, if Derek Stingley, you can guarantee his health moving forward. I think he's a top five player in the class. Like, I, I would. I mean, talent wise, like, yeah, yeah. I, I would. I would be fine with that. I'd be fine with that. And it's certainly a need. I mean, I like what they did. I like what they have in Bryce Hall at the one cornerback, but he's much like he would be a really good number two corner. You know, getting a number yeah. one. On the opposite side, obviously. If you put Bryce Hall defense. on the right corner of the defense and you put Stingley on the left, yeah, you got you got a great twosome. It frees up what he wants to do because he can play man a lot. He can bring blitzes, and it's what he likes to do. Mm-hmm. So going up to your New York Giants, I know you obviously follow them very closely, very closely. I mean, in your scenario, right? This has to be a, like a no-brainer, right? Like you got oh. offensive tackles on the board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's roll. First player off the board, Neil. Let's go. Evan Neal. Like, yeah, that's easy. I know there's easy talk one. about, you know, the NC State kid and maybe the Mississippi State kid. Yeah. But to me, I'm bringing Evan Neal into the building. I'm letting them battle out for the left tackle position. Whoever loses out goes right. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I mean, we need to protect Daniel Jones. A man's been under a freaking fire drill ever since he's gotten to the team. You know, mm-hmm. he's always being hit. He's always having to be on the move. You get two bookends like Neil, and you're good. You're, him and Thomas, you're good. Yeah, yeah. And and since my board right now has both – I actually really like Charles Cross, but from Mississippi State, by the way. I really am a big fan of Charles Cross. Oh, I know factor. you are. I know, I know. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I I'm not the biggest Aquanu fan, but like I get the Aquanu thing. So I'm I'm doing the I'm playing the board here a little bit, David, because they have the seventh overall pick just in two slots, right? So I'm gonna make sure pass rusher. I'm gonna make sure even if an offensive tackle gets picked with the sixth overall pick, I'm still having an offensive tackle on the board to choose from. So I'm gonna take Trevon Walker here to the New York Giants to be because I, I think that that I think that 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 pairing can mesh well because he's a very different style than Aziz Ojolari. I think they can mesh very well kind of as bookend defensive ends. Well, so here's why I don't like that pick. And, and it's stupid. No, it's only, of course you pick. hate the picks. No, yeah. no, no, I don't hate the pick. I don't like the pick because I don't think Walker fits in the 34 defense. That's personal. Really? Like, I, I mean, I kind of, I kind of like him I, as a four, four, I five. Like I, I kind of like I, that. I personally would love him in a, a thir- in a forty three defense. I think that him in a three technique. But, but he, but he, four. but but he literally played in the three four at Georgia, though. I know he did. Yeah. And I'm just talking about the next level up with yeah, better offensive right. linemen. Uh-huh. Me personally, mm-hmm. I like him in a forty in a forty front. Okay, now if they take him and pair him with Williams and Ojolari and. You know, I just like the Giants to maybe pick another stand-up defensive end with Ojolari because I think their interior is pretty good right now with where they have those down three are pretty good. Mm-hmm. If they had another pass rusher off the edge, standing up off the edge, and Ojolari standing up off the other edge, I think they would cause fits, absolutely fits yeah. for a lot of teams. That's me personally. <clears throat> but And so, therefore, I have to take the offensive tackle here 
because I already got Thibodeau, Hutchinson, and Walker off my board. I got the corner that I like a lot off the board. And so here I have to take the tap. Okay. I mean, that's fair. I'm, I'm Like I said, I'm going to go back to the tackle well probably at seven, like whoever the best tackle is out of a Quanu cross. I, and so, I mean, because Carolina is going to take an offensive tackle, I think, if they don't take a quarterback. And if I was on the on the board for them, I would take an offensive tackle. So right here at six, I'm taking Charles Cross, actually. I like Cross more than the Quanu. I think he's a more natural left tackle. I think that's what Carolina really needs. They need a true, true left tackle. If you're the Giants, for instance – like I, you don't need to move Andrew Thomas. You can get a guy that plays offensive tackle or maybe even slots in the guard down the road. Like that's fine, right? But for a, guy, a team like Carolina, they don't have a left tackle right now. So I'm taking Charles Cross. I think he's the best pass blocker in the 2022 NFL draft as far as offensive tackles go. Charles Cross off the board, six to Carolina for me. I agree. So that's all we got to say is I agree. You, you nailed it. I think it makes the most sense. Wow. I can't wait to clip that and put that on Twitter. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, seven New York Giants. I'll save you. I'll save it real quick, David. I'll let you go into a little more detail. Equanu's the only offensive tackle out of the big three left on the board. I'm going to take Equanu, slot him in the right tackle. At worst case scenario, he's a, he's a really good guard in, in, on the inside. So that's going to be the bookend with Andrew Thomas for me. Ekam Equanu, NC States. I might make you cry here. Don't do it. Might make you cry here. What position? Don't tell me who it is yet. Oh, I can't tell you. You'll know. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm gonna take Hamilton here. Oh, that doesn't make me cry. It makes me happy. I, I've been, I've been, on, I've been on the the record, David. Because I, I've said without, multiple times without without a, without an edge rusher that I really think's valued at seven. I'm with you here. I think Hamilton here at seven. He's a difference maker at the back end. He's a thudder. You got the other long safety that they picked out of Mississippi State two years ago who came on last year, played really well. You know, they they got some options here, but I think putting that offensive tackle into play without with the way I mock drafted, okay, everybody, people can say you can go and take uh, Johnson, the Florida State kid here. You could but I don't think he's a stand-up defensive end that would pair with Ojolari, and that's what I'm talking about. I think we'll be able to find him in the second round, that kind of stand-up pass rusher, okay? So what I'm doing here is picking the best player for my team at this point. And again, receiver-wise, I really think we're set, unless they trade one of those receivers. I think we're set. We're good. I like that crew. Running back we could go with, but there's no running back worth this high. So the one player that is standing out like a sore thumb still sitting at seven is Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame right here. I've said multiple times this draft cycle to everyone that will listen. I I love the pairing of Kyle Hamilton and Xavier McKinney for the Giants. Oh, McKinney, I think, it, yep. Yeah, two high shells. Rotate yeah. either one down. Rotate either one to, to the middle of the field. I think it's fantastic. I you love know what it would remind me of. You know what yeah. it would remind me of. Old school Denver Broncos. What Atwater? Yeah. Atwater. Uh huh. And can you name the other one? I, I I definitely know who it is, but the name's not coming to me. I wanted to say like something Thomas, but that's probably wrong. Nope. Yeah. Go ahead. Hamilton. What's his first Sorry. name? I don't know. I just know the last names. You know me. <laughs> you could be making it up for all I know. If you, you probably could. Way. I could be. You never know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but they would. They, exactly what you said. There are two high shells. You could it, the defense would or the offense would motion. They would just rotate one into the box, other, and they were they were interchangeable. They both could play the yeah. back end. They both could play in the box. You didn't have to swap over. It didn't cause your defense to cause any kind of fire drills. It was perfect as it was, and that's why I like the pick there. I think if they get the offensive tackle and then they pick Hamilton there, you're you're set. Yeah, I know we're a couple minutes past the hour, but I want to make sure that we get through Dude, the I'll top keep 10. Going. We're going we're gonna to go top 10. We're going to go top 10. We're going to stop there. We'll Number keep going, eight. bro, all night long. The whiskey ain't dry yet. Nah. Number eight, Atlanta Falcons. I think that this is the team, David, that's like, I hope Kyle Hamilton falls to me because they need desperate help on defense, and he's a he's a Georgia guy originally, right? Like, he's a he's from the state of Georgia, so I think it makes a lot of sense. Fortunately, in my mock draft and in your mock draft now, Kyle Hamilton's off the board. I'm going to go wide receiver here. I'm going to go wide receiver. They desperately need a wide receiver. Don't fuck this up. Garrett Wilson, the Ohio exactly. State University. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I told you he's my top not, receiver in this class. Top receiver in this class. And I think that stylistically well, I see speaking, some dumbasses putting Drake London there. And I'm like, wait a minute. Have you not watched what Justin Jefferson has been doing and what and what Chase did last year? You don't need the six five guy that can, you know, go make all the difference in the in the red zone anymore. You can you can shoot the red zone starts at the 30 yard line now. Great route runners and people that can make a difference. And especially with – I know Dave, we're going really well, their offensive coordinator. Him and I were on a staff together. We're, we're like this. If you give him a, a weapon like Wilson paired with the tight end they got last year, that offense is just going to get sick. Yeah, no, I I, I I actually do really do like Drake London, but I, I Garrett Wilson's my top guy. He is. And I, I – he remi- – like – he's a better version of Calvin Ridley, in my opinion. Like they win in similar ways. And obviously with Calvin Ridley now suspended for the year, I feel like he kind of steps right into that role, you know? Yeah. So don't even yeah. get me started on the Ridley shit. Yeah. We'll talk about that sometime. I think we touched briefly on it the one week, but like, yeah, it's, it's a mess. I mean, you're making me fill up my cup again. Good. Good. Number eight, David, your Atlanta Falcons pick. Let me hear it. I'm with you. If they don't pick Garrett there, they're idiots. Hmm. Okay. All right, so Garrett Wilson's it. Again, with uh, my the way my, my draft is filled out, I know they have offensive tackle potential there. I know there's other people there. But at eight, for what the value is, Garrett is – he could be the next Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. So That's fair. Hey, I, I don't know if he's quite going to have that historical season in his first year, but I'm I don't think so because Wilson. of who's throwing him the ball. But again – Marcus Mariota? You're not a big Marcus Mariota fan? Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Number nine, Seattle Seahawks. Who this isn't a two-hour draft. Ten. I know. Who traded um, into the top ten. The for Well, they traded Russell Wilson for the ninth overall pick, a part of that deal with the Denver Broncos. So Seattle sits here at number nine, David. I have no idea what they're going to do. I have zero idea. Do you know what the Seattle Seahawks are going to do? I feel like they're going to draft the quarterback. I'm not going to draft the quarterback for them because I don't like anybody there enough. But like, I think they're going to draft the quarterback. I do. I, I really do. They're a weird team, though, man. So if I'm going to draft for them, though, I'm drafting for them. I'm going to give them a corner. I'm going to go Derek Stingley here. Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback out of LSU, because I'm not going to give him a quarterback, even though I think they're going to go cornerback at nine. You know what? I, it's tough, right? Because honestly, it's, it's if tough, I, if, but I know what I would do. And when I approach sure. these conversations, I say, if I'm John and I'm sitting in the room, what would I do? Right. If, if I'm John, 
what would I do here at the ninth pick if I can't get out of there, which again, he's probably not wanting to get out of there, you know, and I'm looking like, look at my draft, look at where I'm at. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, if you look at where I'm at with my mock draft, I think I got to take the NC state tackle. Hey, Quanta. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm I mean, never gonna I'm never gonna push back against Seattle taking an offensive lineman. Their offensive line is always one. It's just yeah. He, he's he's sitting there in the face. There's other options like Gardner in my draft. Okay. There's there's uh, Johnson, the defensive end pass rush. They need that, right? Mm-hmm. But if I'm John, I think round two is where I pick my quarterback. Um, you know, it's not in round one. And where I'm picking right now, the best value is the NC or yeah, the uh, NC State offensive tackle, Ikem Aquanu. Yeah, Ikem Aquan, Icky, call him Icky. Um, so David, last pick that we're going to cover here tonight is the New York Jets with their second. I can stay here hours. 10. Hours. Oh, you can stay here hours all you want. I got, I got a, something to do at nine thirty. <laughs> so, um, last pick of our t- first top ten mock draft. I am going to go here. I gave him Aiden Hutchinson with the fourth overall selection. I'm going to go wide receiver here. Talked about him a minute ago. I'm going to give him Drake London to pair with Elijah Moore that they drafted last year, who's kind of the more of that mitigated slot receiver kind of really value space. They do not have a guy who can play outside the numbers, can play above the rim, has yak ability as well. He reminds me a lot of what made Brandon Marshall such a good football player. Not saying he's going to be as good of a player as Brandon Marshall, but stylistically speaking, that's what I see. So whether you like Zach Wilson or not, you know, I'm not the biggest Zach Wilson fan. They got to try to make it work. You know, I hate him. I know. So you're, you're, you're going to have to try to make it work though. So I'm going to give him a wide receiver to go along with Zach Wilson. Big catch rate is for a guy that I don't love the accuracy all the time. So there you go. I like the thought, and I'm not far off on you here, but I'm going to give him a different receiver. I'm going to go with Jamison Williams out of Alabama. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I think he's a better route runner. I think he's really an incredible catch, uh, run after the catch guy. And with Zach, when I watched him at BYU, a lot of the receivers were able to catch the ball and run in space and make people miss, which added to his, you know, ability to uh, for his yak yards and his passing yards and stuff. So for me, I like Jamison Wilson here. Williams, sorry, Williams here. Mm-hmm. I, I, London isn't far off where I would say he would go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I understand where you're at with him. Uh-huh. I just think that in the offense. If you take what they like to do in this offense, it's run after the catch. And when you run after the catch, a guy like Jamison Williams is an incredible talented athlete. He's 6'2", he's like 192. He he played at Alabama where he was a lead dog. I mean, he's a guy that as much as I like Menchie, as you know I do. I love Menchie. I think that that cat is going to be incredible down the line. He's not a top 10 pick or anything, but this kid Williams is is a, I think he could really be a special player. So for me, if you're the Jets and you're able to secure him for your young offensive, uh, you know, you got, I gave him the corner, you know, where they picked at ten, or I'm sorry, I gave him the corner where they picked um, at, at four. four. Yep. Now at ten, they take the receiver pair of the offense. I think that that would be an incredible top ten for those two. 
Similar, similar thought process, different style. We went with that wide receiver there. So that's going to include this little draft preview. Hopefully you got a lot out of it. A lot of good conversation. A lot of prospects we touched on, even did a top 10 mock that was not actually planned. So appreciate everybody <laughs> out there. You want to hit uh, the like button. You want to share this. Please subscribe to the podcast. Give us a rating. Give us a review. We always appreciate that. Everybody that's following live with us. On a Tuesday night, whether you are on Twitter, YouTube, or TikTok, thank you so much. I'm going to kick it over to David Turner in a second. I know the NFL draft is obviously a big part of our lives, and it's a big moment of the year each and every year. I'm excited. I know there's a lot of people that have not quite gotten as juiced up for this draft because there's not the sexy quarterbacks at the top, and there's not you know the, the players that really get you excited, but draft season is always a holiday for me. So I'm excited for this week, this uh, week, this Thursday, David, for it to kick off. Oh, I'm excited. And we're not doing a live draft show this year like we did last year. We, you know, just so you guys know, we, we're, we're taking a little bit back. Um, we got some other commitments going, both Ryan and myself. But you'll see us on Twitter. You'll see us uh, on the Mav underscore sports and the Rise and Draft. So follow us on Twitter. Follow us all over the place on uh, social media. I'm sure I'll be on TikTok. I'll probably go live on TikTok doing my reaction to the picks. Uh, they will not be age appropriate. So 18 plus, please. So uh, just so you know, but again, enjoy this type of year. I, we love it. It's what I'm built for. Like draft season is really what I'm built for. I literally could have been here for three rounds of draft tonight talking with Ryan. I love his opinion, even though we go back and forth. To be honest with you, he brings another look and another you know scope of vision when it comes to everything. So for me, I just love this time of year. This is like my Super Bowl week. I really get geared up for it, and I'm all ginned up for it. So you know, thank you for everybody who watches on TikTok each and every week, everybody who watches on Twitter and, and Instagram and everywhere else we're at each and every week. I love you guys. I hope you enjoy this week as much as we do. And when we're going into it, it doesn't matter if there's five quarterbacks taken in the first round or none. You know, the draft is just all about building a, a roster and making it a Super Bowl team. So that's what we love to do. And the strategies are incredible. So thank you, Ryan, obviously. Thank you for all the people around the globe that watch us and talk to us and interact with us. We couldn't do it without you. Ginned up, whiskey, whisk, whiskey, up, up. whatever he is. That is Mr. David Turner, Matt Mab underscore sports. I am at Rise in Draft. Thank you all so much. Happy Draft Day. We'll see you all next week for a little NFL Draft Recap. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.